Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high-performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Everything Early Childhood. I am your host, founder of Platinum Education, Lisa Brown, and today we have a little bit of an interesting episode that I wanted to visit, and I'm naming it Back to Basics. So the reason and the context behind how this episode come to be was that we always have, um, every time we ask our teams questions, it's like whether we're reflecting on the QIP, whether we're reflecting on the philosophy, whether we're reflecting on ourselves and our own practice um, or whether we're reflecting on our practice with the children. It always comes back to the same thing. The feedback that we get and our critical reflections and we were always questioning and wondering and, you know, really curious to understand and unpack why the answers that we're getting were very basic. So, and what I mean by that is if we're getting feedback on your QIP, so you ask as part of your self-assessment process, you ask your team, can you please provide me feedback? What are we doing well? Where do we need to improve? And your team provide you with feedback such as like, we don't supervise effectively. We don't have enough resources. We don't communicate properly. They're always out of the room. You know, the typical things that we hear in a service that this is the feedback they give which is perfectly fine. They are definitely things that we need to do something about. But when we're asking for reflection in relation to whether it's critical or whether it's based on going into our QIP as part of our self-assessment, it's really, really crucial that we set our teams up for success so that they understand what their roles, responsibilities, and that we have that patience and understanding that every single person is at a different level of knowledge in our organization. Now, when we realized this and the light bulb went off in our minds to be like, you know what, we're asking all of these people for feedback and our team for feedback, but they don't actually know and they don't have that knowledge around what they're providing that feedback on. So this is where the journey started with making sure that we were going back to basics first. We needed to make sure that all of our team were at an equal playing field, that everyone had that level of knowledge, that they were able to provide the adequate information that we were asking. And so before giving anything out or before anything with your team, really make sure you think about, have you set them up for success? So there are certain reasons why going back to basics are really important. And this also happens when we visit services at an exceeding level. It's like, you know, when you drive a car, cars go up and down the gears. Well, centers can also go up and down the gears depending on their team, the maybe you've had team members leave, depending on changes in the sector. So we obviously had changes with the assessment and rating process. We've now got changes with the national quality framework and certain law and regulations are being updated. So making sure that you are continually changing 
evolving and growing, but keeping your teams to those levels, which is particularly hard in the current climate when you have so many new educators starting and it's becoming quite increasingly difficult to get educators retain them. So, and obviously previously we'd have teams and we'd hold on to them for a really long time. So it was a really beautiful, amazing journey that we could go on with our teams and continue to evolve and continue to grow together. But in today's climate, if you are not an amazing leader and you don't have that knowledge yourself, which is a really good place to start, it's really challenging to take an ever-evolving team on that journey with you. So we need to try to think smarter, not harder. Utilize all of the beautiful resources that you have around you. I was just talking to a director yesterday and she's having to do it over and over and over again and she's getting quite frustrated, burnt out. And we need to believe in the people that we're leading in order to spend, have that time and patience and that heart to pass that knowledge on to others. And I think that what's happening is over time, we're becoming increasingly frustrated over having to share that knowledge over and over again. So think smarter. So how can you do it? Rather than spending extra time, the time that you do have, what can you do in those moments to be able to pass that knowledge on to somebody else? So can you video it? Can you record it? Can you, when you're in your in your car, can you do voice memos and send it to the team so that you can be able to utilize this information over and over and over again? One of the services that we offer as because we see the value in it, we've seen the value in it in our teams is doing a video induction and we continue to add to this evolving induction process each part of our journey that we go on with the team so that when new people come on board, they're able to see exactly and go on that journey and see exactly where they're at. In some of our coaching clients, we've seen really big success in actually mapping out together that onboarding journey and looking at how we can take them from where they're at right now to, we joked in that organization, to a Jedi status where they can then pass and they can be a Jedi master and pass that knowledge onto other people in the team because it shouldn't come back to that one person. So look at the systems that you have in your organization. Think smarter with how you can multiply it and reuse it for your own purposes and keep them in that database and start building that up so that your team are fully aware and that they know where they are and can access them. And then use them as part of their professional development plans that when you identify when you identify an area for improvement in the team or in a member of the team or even yourself, that you have those skills and those that knowledge and you're able to access all of those resources to be able to increase your knowledge and awareness. So there's really... There's really important reasons why it's so crucial to go back to basics. Even exceeding services, as we said, going back and up and down those gears, depending on those reasons and circumstances. So for example, I feel like as a sector or as a profession, we're continually thinking about how we can grow, how we can learn, how we can continue to evolve, really aiming towards that exceeding rating and merging and moving towards that. So when we are doing that, 
all we're thinking about is how we can continue to grow, which is amazing because, you know, as I say, Tony Robbins, if you're not growing, you're dying. David Goggins, if you don't adapt, you die, which is quite extreme. But if we think about from a plant perspective, if a plant, it's either growing or the plant is dying. If we're not looking after it, nurturing it, giving it sun, giving it water, giving it and I love the research behind if you talk really positively and kind to a plant, it'll grow faster and be healthier. But if it, you're really negative and they did this in a school, they had two plants and one plant was all of the criticisms and all of the bad and negative reinforcement. And then the other plant was really positive and they were both the same environments, but you could see how the plant that received all of that positivity was growing. So we that's what we want for our teams and we have an obligation as leaders to really help them to get there. So the reason is the first reason, and I talk about this so often, this is something we're really, really great at. And it's those systems and processes. So going back to basics allows you to have that real solid foundation. So we want to make sure that those basics are those building blocks, which can which can then be added and be more advanced. You can keep adding and piling on top of and adding that knowledge and skills. So they're built in. It's embedded in your practice with everything that you do. And because without a solid foundation, it's really challenging to have any progress. And typically what we find in services is that you either you have people that are not um, invested because it's not clear and they their expectations are not clear and they don't understand where you want to go and what the vision is. So there's no buy-in. Or the second thing is you have amazing people on your team with really beautiful and really great ideas, which is awesome. But then you have the trouble is like, oh my gosh, there's so many ideas and we're doing all of them, but we are not doing any of them well and none of them are embedded in our practice so going back and having that solid foundation with all of the basics make sure you are meeting first make sure that you have all of everyone understands and knows the expectations this is crucial then it adds clarity. So going back to basics can really simplify the complex concepts and help anyone understand the core principles and eliminate any confusion or misconceptions. So if you are doing the self-assessment and you do want feedback on Quality Area 1, provide all the information and do a training, give context around what that looks like in practice and then come back and ask for that feedback to move forward. So eliminate any of that confusion. Be really clear. We know Brene Brown, I say it all the time, clear is kind. Reinforcement. So regularly revisiting your basics helps reinforce that knowledge and skills, preventing them from fading over time. So the way we do this, we align them with our policy development and review. So every month, whatever policies we're focusing on, that will be the the basics that we will revisit in our practice. Of course, there are individual educators who have certain things that they need to work on and that's part of their individual professional development plans that we help them with their goals and move towards. But it's really important to make sure that you are regularly practicing and revisiting those basics. The example I give exceeding centres, as I said, we're always aiming, we're always moving forward. Um, I will go into those services and one in particular, incredible, like exceeding in all seven areas. um, I go in and they're not doing nappy changes effectively. 
So it is how often are you visiting and how is that embedded in your service as part of your induction process that they need to sign off on that competency when they start in your organisation? Are you buddying them up with someone who lives and breathes your values? Are you checking in and doing those audits to make sure that they are being completed effectively? Troubleshooting. So when facing any problems or challenges, revisiting the basics can provide insights into potential solutions. So it's a problem solving strategy to start from the beginning. So really mapping that out. So whether you're, um, if you're a professional athlete and you can't master a skill, the first advice that they give you is go back to basics, break down the movements, break down the practice, your body will know and your body will understand how to act in those situations. So it's really important to make sure that you start from the beginning to break it down again, making sure that everyone's on the same page so that they can understand and you can troubleshoot together and find out where the problem actually lies. So what they say is if somebody comes to you with a problem or there is a problem, that is not the actual problem. If you ask why five times, it'll actually get to what the root of the problem is. The the initial problem is never the actual problem. So keep breaking it down and looking at those basics with how you can solve that. And knowing the basics as well, having that basic knowledge and understanding of the law, the regulations, which consists obviously of the National Quality Framework, the standards, the elements, the every, and all of the legislation that governs what we do, have that knowledge so that you're set up, you're ready and you're set for success so that no matter what happens, you've got that as your foundational knowledge and understanding. The next one is adaptability. So in rapidly changing fields, basics can serve a stable reference point. So they provide a framework for adapting to new developments and any technologies. And we know in our sector, things are continually changing and evolving. So make sure that we're looking at how we can stay adaptable, develop that resilience. It can also improve our performance. So in many areas, mastering the basics leads to improved performance. In sports, music, when we hone in on those fundamental skills, we it is a key to excellence. Now, what I wanted to visit with this point was the um, four stages of competence. So when we look at those four stages of competence, it really is interesting because we might be so it's called unconsciously unconscious, that we do that just so well. We are so amazing at that. We don't know why. It's either a skill, a talent or something we've been doing for a really long time. And this happens a lot when you do something and people are like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing at that. But you don't realize how amazing because it just is natural to you. It's just a part of everything that you do. So there's four stages to competence. So, and this comes from um, all the way back in the 1960s. There, it was in a management of training programs um, by three management professors from the New York University. And um, it's been featured obviously in many different Many, many different books and many different, obviously, educational work over the time. So dynamics of life skills, coaching, and it's work that obviously is still really relevant today. So there's four stages 
of competence. So the first one is when you're unconscious incompetence. So this means that you do not understand or know how to do something and you don't necessarily recognize the deficit. So you don't know, you don't know what you don't know pretty much. So they may deny the usefulness of the skill. They may must recognize their own incompetence, which sometimes is really tricky and the value of the new skill in order to learn it before moving on to the next stage, which is really important with going back to basics and allowing them to see why. Why is this important to me? Why is this important to my job? And the length of time that an individual spends in this stage depends on the strength of what they learn. Now, the second stage is conscious incompetence. So through this stage, they do not understand or know how to do something, but they recognize that it is a deficit. So as well as the value of the new skill in addressing the deficit. So the making of the mistake can be an integral to learn the learning process at this stage. So if they are here and they're trying, reward that. If we, you know that if we're failing, we're trying. So if they make a mistake, it's because they're trying and this is a really great thing. Would you, would you prefer to have a team of unconscious incompetence where they don't even know that they're making a mistake? They don't even understand why. They don't know the value. They don't know. They're just doing it. Um, whereas when they become conscious about it, it means that that is a real learning opportunity for us to step in and for them to recognize. So again, for anyone, when you do make a mistake, the biggest thing you can do is hold yourself accountable, whether it's a mistake to yourself, whether it's a mistake to the children, whether it's a mistake to your team, if you're a leader, hold yourself accountable. We are all human. So if something does happen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. I made a mistake. Or like once I had an educator um, at my center, she put a hole in the wall and um, she obviously didn't mean to. It's something she didn't do on purpose. Um, It was a complete accident. And so there could have been two scenarios there, right? So the first one could have been, I could have come in and I could have found the hole in the wall and I could be like, oh my gosh, who put the hole in the wall? Like, how did that even get there? But instead it was the second scenario where that educator came to me and she's like, look, I'm really sorry. I've put a hole in the wall. Can I show you, um, you know, what do we need to do to fix it? I'm And she was honestly really sorry. But, and what could I say? If I found the hole, I would have been really annoyed. I would be like, how did someone do this and not say anything? But then because she took ownership and accountability over that, I was just like, what could I say? I'm like, yeah, thank you so much for letting me know. Now we can get it fixed and I'm not going to find that hole in the wall and become quite, you know, frustrated and annoyed. So, Make sure that you are taking accountability if you do make a mistake. Mistakes do happen. We are human, but we need to make sure that we are learning from them. I like a quote, F-A-I-L, fail, first attempt in learning. So when whether it's the children or whether it's your team, really celebrate this because it means they're trying. And we want to make sure that we have a team of people that are not afraid to try new things, to test out ideas. So, and if you do squash it at this point in time, you'll just have a team that are obedient and there for the paycheck and not there because of their heart or because of the buy-in or because they really understand what you stand for as a leader or service or organization. 
The third one is conscious competence. So the individual understands or knows how to do something. So they've got that knowledge tick. It may be broken down into steps and there's a heavy conscious element in executing the new skill. However, demonstrating the skill or knowledge requires concentration. And if it is broken, they lapse into incompetence. So what that means is that they, they might be a little bit slower at this point. They're really conscious of what they're doing. They understand why each step is really important and they follow each step to the T. Now, and this is where we want to aim to be at. We want to aim, especially as teachers, as educators, whether it's your team, whether it's yourself, whether it's the children, you want to aim to be in that conscious competence. You want to understand and know. And this is like when, you know, when you're in a baby's room and you talk out every step that you're doing along the way, um, you know, oh, we're going to change your nappy. Do you want to do your nappy? Oh, we're going to take your nappy off. This is that conscious competence that we're talking aloud. It not only helps a child and engages with the child, but it also helps your team around you when you speak out loud why you're doing what you're doing in that certain way that they hear it. They know they take it in with what you're doing. So aim for that conscious competence where you know, because what happens is number four is unconscious competence. So this is where you have so much practice with a skill that you bec- it becomes second nature. So, and can be formed so easily. And as a result, the skill can be performed without executing another task. So the individual may be able to teach it to others, depending upon how and when it is learned. But when you become unconscious competence you don't realize and it and it, the longer that you stay in this zone or this stage the harder it is to then pass that knowledge on to somebody else because you don't know how to break it down into those steps so even for me there's certain things really really basic things um and I the, I'm actually quite good at it like if I think back I'm really good at breaking things down and helping to teach in a really practical way practical and simple but there are but with certain things I'll really have to think about it and I'll have to put myself back in that position when I was when I was a trainee or where I was a you know learning those skills myself to be able to understand and really think through how do I break that down And it's interesting, you know, because if you go up to one of your, if you think about something you want or want to be better at, you think about someone else who's really good at that. Like I have a great friend and she's really good at um, knowing people. Like she just, she just um, retains this information about people. So, and everyone, not even just certain people, like everyone. So that when she sees them, she'll be able to quote, like she'll be able to repeat and quote things about that person to them. And I was like, wow, like I noticed how well you do that. Like you're so good at that. How do you do it? And I mean, she she was able to break it down, which was awesome. So she's like, but at first she was like, oh, I don't know. But then when she thought about it, she was like, I guess I just do like this, this and this. But when we get unconscious competence, we don't know. We don't think about it in those steps anymore because it just becomes that second nature. So, you know, when you're driving somewhere and you go there all the time and you don't you don't even remember how you got there because it was unconscious competence, like it's like robotic mode. 
Um, and we can get in this and this is what can become quite stagnant and stale in this phase. So it's really important that you keep challenging yourself and challenging your team to get back and, you know, really embrace that discomfort and step back into unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence and move them through those stages of learning. So once you have done that, so that is adaptability, troubleshooting, improving your performance, it's your teaching and communication. So when explaining complex ideas to others, it's essential that you understand the basics. And this is again, going back to understanding those steps and being able to break it down in their language. And I feel that that's a lot of where the frustration comes from is that we forget what it was like at times to be a trainee, to be that that person coming on board and not having any knowledge we think and then worse we get um cert threes diplomas or you know diploma and ects and we're like you're a diploma you're an ect you should know this but maybe they don't and that is okay because we have a role and we have a duty and an obligation because it doesn't matter where you go as long as they have the right attitude every single skill can be taught and learned so as long as they're open to learning they ask questions they retain the information they you also do your own research to be able to get better i remember all of the challenges that i ever had teaching I I would go home and I would just like be like on a mission. I would Google that until I found a solution. And it might not have even been the solution that worked, but I was like, yes, another strategy to try. What else can I try? And I would Google and Google and Google and come up with all these strategies until I tried one and it worked. And all that that did, that research, that personal reading, whether you like to read or watch videos, whatever it is, it added those tools to my tool belt that I was able to put in my practice and now teach to others. So it's really important to make sure that we are facilitating that and we are seeking that out in our practice and we're supporting and guiding others along the way. We want to make sure that we also have continuous learning. So basics can evolve as new research or information becomes available. So as I said, our sector is always continually changing and evolving. So when we're regularly reviewing the basics, it can help us to prevent costly or dangerous errors and help us to be really proactive in what we're doing every single day. Professional development. So we often start with revisiting our foundational knowledge. And this is true in every, so many different professions that continue to change and grow and evolve at such a fast pace. Like everything knowledge right now is moving faster than it ever has before. They said in 10, like uh, 10 years ago, we didn't have anything that we have now. Now we're obviously with AI, uh, the research and um, my podcast have been talking with, we're moving at such a fast rate now that you need to keep evolving and learning and revisiting those basics in order to keep understanding what's coming. Innovation. So some of the most innovative ideas and solutions stem from returning to basics and you can't have an innovative team. You can't have a team coming up with new ideas or solutions if they don't understand the basics. And 
you know what? Every single person in your organization has something beautiful to share. I love meeting people that are in the in the in the profession for the first time because they're the ones that have the best ideas. Once they get it, like once you go through and you're like, "Look, this is why we do this. This is where it says the questions that they have and how their minds adapt to learning and understanding is incredible. And that is where the gold and the magic is. Because if you listen to them in those moments, it will allow you to look at your practice for the fir- like as if it was the first time. And if you're really patient and really break it down with them, they'll be able to allow you to see it in a different lens, in a different perspective. And that perspective might lead to the most innovative ideas that you have ever had in your organization. Every single member of your team adds value if you spend the time building that those foundational basics first. Um, humble beginnings. So really starting that new endeavor, it's crucial to begin with the basics. So success is more likely when building upon a solid, well understood foundation and having everyone on the same page. Now, if you are meeting and mastering the basics, things can be more time effective. So it can really streamline all of your processes and reduce the need for complex um, workarounds or having to keep revisiting. Now, my, you know my rule, I'm sure you, if you listen regularly, you've heard it over and over and over. If you do something more than twice, create a documented system. Um, even setting up the kitchen trolley, like people are like, oh, Lisa, but what do you mean? What's an example? Like setting up the kitchen trolley, like how do you want it set up every single day? And if it changes, change the procedure so that if somebody goes in there that's not usually in there, they've got the photos, they've got the steps, they've got everything in there that's ready to go. So whether it's a, on paper, I would recommend both because you've got different type of learners. So have paper version with photos um, and and then have your video that they can refer to about different things in your service. So yes, um, I looked like a, um, I looked a bit silly some mornings. I'd arrived to my center earlier than everybody else. And I used to think to myself, you know what, I'm going to make the most of this time right now. Like if I need to, if I need to do these morning procedures and I knew I would have to teach them to other people at different points in time. So I would set up the camera and I'd set up the recorder and I'd just record myself doing it and talking my way through each step. I don't even, oh yeah, the girls would have watched the videos, but they never saw me doing them. Um, And they would have, that's fine. They would have been like, eh, whatever, it's just her. Um, but really capitalize and make the most of those times and so that you can then add them to your database and use them again. Um, team building, so making sure going back to basics can really unify an experience and bring everyone together. So it helps everyone to start on the same page and can really strengthen that collaboration. Because if people's knowledge are not at a certain level, depending on what you are talking about, they will not have input because they'll feel like, particularly women actually, the research states that like even in the context of applying for a job, men only need to be um, 40 to 50% qualified for what's listed in the job criteria to apply. They're very brave. Um, They have courage and they'll just apply because what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no. But women, women wait until they have 80 to 90% of the criteria before they will even apply. 
So we really want to make sure that we set our team up for success. We want everyone to contribute and be part of that collaboration. So we need to go back to those basics and set everyone up. And then your own personal growth. This is so important. So when it comes to your own personal development and your own self-improvement, revisiting the basics can provide a fresh start and it can reinforce values and principles. So an example in my own life around this is, you know, my role, like we're presenting it, I'm presenting at conferences. I'm like now having conversations with companies around planning their professional development calendars for 2024 and doing those schedules and sessions with them, coaching, um, approved provider workshops, helping services start up, fitting out services. We've got our network group. We've of course got this beautiful podcast, which I love, but we're doing so many things. And often that can spiral and, and can, um, we get busy. Like I get busy. It's true. Like people like how do you manage all of that but at times I have to come back to the basics which for me come back to time management and so what that means is that if I feel like I am not in control of my time I come back to time management I look at my life plan and I say okay why is this not working and in order to do that I have to come back to that period. I have to come back to that phase. And every single quarter I do it because it's like, you know, the hamster wheel. Are you, what is it? Are you um, productive or are you just doing like doing or productive and we want to make sure that all of our time is productive time and it's how we choose to spend our time and what we want to be doing in those moments around all of the beautiful people that we have around us you know these are all choices so every single quarter I do a reflection and I come back to those basics and ask the same questions to myself and I say okay well and I really work on that growth and that personal development and also what my values are and what and I create boundaries around those to make sure that I am following them because there are times where you can see I want to help as many people as possible to be the most amazing humans that they can be and really simplify practice and processes for people to get that satisfaction and that joy and that excitement. Um, You know, that look that the children get in their eyes, learning something for the first time. I love to see it in now transferred over into our adults and our amazing educators. So for me, it's easy because I love what I do, but coming back to those basics is really important because you want to make sure that your time is being effective, that you're sticking to your boundaries, that it's not impacting other areas of your life. And I mean, I've talked about this before. For me, it's always when I when there are little tiny, no one would even notice, little tiny mistakes or little tiny things that then I'm like, okay, it's time to learn from this. So it's have that for yourself. Have important check-ins, boundaries that you come back to. I do it every quarter and I have certain questions that I reflect on to make sure that I'm sticking to those for my own personal growth. We need to go back to basics in order to move forward. So it's and really interestingly that this research took me to look at um, – Freud and Freud has a I guess you know the theory of the unconscious mind and the iceberg theory so and he believes that the three layers of our minds are the first one is the 
is a conscious mind, which is 10% of what we use. And this is where we just have those decisions. We make those decisions. We're aware of what is in that conscious mind. So this is the iceberg and this is the conscious mind above the water. The second level is just below the water. So this is the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind is used 50 to 60%. And then the unconscious mind is 30 to 40% and that is way, way below the surface. We don't even know consciously what is in our unconscious mind. And it's fascinating because when we're making decisions, it comes from our subconscious mind. And this is why what we do with children every single day is so crucial because this is where they develop all of their beliefs, all of their values, all of their reactions, their long-term memory, the intuition, the imagination, creativity, like their emotions, the feelings, the fears. This is where they live in that subconscious mind underneath the surface in that iceberg. We don't even actively or consciously know what's there. Where we live in the 10% of that conscious mind, which is critical thinking, logical thinking, short-term memory, willpower, the conscious mind to use the willpower to control behaviors, habits, beliefs, but out of the subconscious mind is greater influence. And sometimes we don't stop to think about when we think something, where is it coming from? And I'm sure this is a whole completely different episode, but I really wanted to visit this because I think that it's part of that decision-making process. Like perhaps whatever we're triggered by is coming from that subconscious mind, something in that subconscious mind. And we are so crucial in what we do that we're creating and embedding those and having such a massive impact, the impact that we have on children because in brain their brain development it doesn't occur like it recurs within the first six years of their life after if you look at the brain um what are they called oh gosh I've had an I've had a mind blank this is not good um Oh, you know what I mean? The branches in our minds. Can't believe I can't think of the word. Anyway, the branches in our minds, if you look at brain development and you look at how they form, when they're six years old, there are so many of them. Um, after six they and to 14, they start to lose, like you start to lose those connections in your brain. So it's really important to make sure because it goes to that long-term subconscious mind and it's that voice that the children and start to hear. So ask yourself, and it's that internal voice, subconscious voice that we hear for ourselves as well, because it's trying to keep us safe. So all of our previous past emotions and feelings are all held there. So when you're making a decision or when you're feeling frustrated or have something trigger you, ask, is it true? Is this true? Why do I feel this way? Because it's a really great opportunity to get back into that consciously conscious or consciously competent um, learning to really learn about yourself and where that's coming from and why it's triggering you because likely it's something that happened in your childhood or you know in the early years and we want to be part of creating a really positive change for everyone in our service as well. So 
we've gone over why. Why is getting back to basics important? Um, looking at it from a team perspective, looking at it from out for ourselves and also with the children. So looking at with the children how we can take them through those four stages of competence to really help them. And I often find that it it's really we do it so well with the children that potentially when we do it with the children, we are actually unconscious confidence or using unconscious competence because we don't understand, but we just naturally know that the children are learning things for the first time. So if we move that notion over to our team and have a lot more patience and then if our team encourage them to ask questions because you don't know if you don't ask then we will have amazing teams that are really motivated and passionate about wanting to learn and feeling that sense of um, innovative ideas, feeling free to make those mistakes because we are all human and that you are going to help them to grow and all you want for them is the best. So I've got some questions to leave with you um, for the end of this episode. So the first one is, how do you assess your current knowledge? So how do you assess where you're at and what your current knowledge is? How do you assess what your team's current knowledge is? How do you assess what your team's current knowledge is? And how do you decide where to go next? So what do you do and how do you decide where to go next? And the biggest question I want to uh, want you to ask yourself is where is your next level of growth? And then who is going to help you get there? So instead of how, ask who, who can help, who is going to help me get there? And that is what I'm going to leave with you for today's episode. Um, I look forward to catching you all next week. Have an amazing week. Got some really beautiful guests lined up and really excited to work with some awesome services and companies moving into the end of this year and then early next year as well. And we've got our still building our Directors Academy, which we're really excited about launching for 2024. So look out for that. I really want to make sure that all of our leaders up there are set up for success, that they understand all of their obligations, their role and how to do things. What are some ways and some strategies, really practical, really simple um, ways to get and understand and have that confidence with doing their role? Because when they feel confident to do their role and fulfilled and knowledgeable, they're able to pass that on to their teams. And that's all that I want. Amazing teams to make sure that we have amazing humans. So thank you so much. Keep making every moment count and I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.